Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Question. How well aligned are we? How well aligned is this church with the purposes of heaven? That was the essential question that led to the event we commemorate today, this Protestant Reformation. In the 1500s, a bunch of Christians were convinced that the church of the time was decidedly not aligned with the purposes of heaven. Instead, its leaders, including the clergy, maybe especially the clergy, had become corrupt. A distorted, misshapen version of the reform movement Jesus had inspired. Now, I do confess to being something of a church nerd, and as a church nerd, Reformation Day is among my favorite holidays. So, show of hands, how many for you is Reformation Day your favorite holiday? Well, it should be. Thank you, Kate, our historian. The Reformation was launched on October 31st, 1517, when a German monk posted on the great doors to the cathedral in Wittenberg his 95 theses, theses in which he listed his disputes with the Roman Catholic Church of his day, disputes with its practices and doctrines. He was convinced that the church had fallen out of alignment with the purposes of heaven, and it was his idea to start a conversation, a dialogue, to see if they couldn't agree together about making some adjustments, some tweaks, to get the church back into alignment. But the church he was critiquing would have none of it. No dialogue ensued, no adjustments were made. Thus, the act that was intended to start a conversation led instead to a break, a split, as the reformers or protesters departed the Catholic Church and ventured out on their own, hoping, hoping to more precisely align the institution of the Church with the purposes of heaven. And we are among the fruits or descendants of that seminal act. So for better or worse, and there are people on both sides of this, Old South Church stands as both evidence and example of the protesting and reforming that followed. So on this Reformation Day, it is well to ask, how well aligned are we, is this church, with the purposes of heaven? And happily, that question is also the burden of Psalm 146 assigned for today. The psalmist helpfully counsels us on how to do just that, how to align ourselves with the purposes of heaven. The psalmist gives the prescription. First, we are to do what we are doing here and now. We are to gather together to praise God, to sing our hallelujahs to the creator who hung the planets in the darkness of space, who filled the surging oceans with the great sperm whale and the dapper seahorse 
We are to place God, God, at the center and heart of our lives and to place our trust, all of our trust, not in earthly rulers who will inevitably disappoint, amen, but in God. Place our trust in God. And second, we are to observe that this creator, this cosmic God, eternal and unbounded, is also and always and equally interested in the sphere of history, specifically, as it turns out, in the cause of the frail widow and the helpless orphan and the plight of the prisoner and the hungry child. Which is to say, to be aligned with the purposes of heaven, we are to live out both our personal piety, our devotion to God, and our social conscience. We are to shout our hallelujahs again and again, rendering praise to the God of all creation, while at the same time executing justice for the oppressed, tendering food to the hungry. For our God is both life giver and justice demander. Somebody say amen. But here's the thing about the Reformation. It is never a once and done. On the contrary, if we intend to be aligned with the purposes of heaven, attentive to the voice of the still-speaking God, and to new learnings as these are revealed to us, we will always be a work in progress, always growing, learning, adapting, adjusting, tweaking, if not occasionally overhauling, and yet ever be unfinished, ever be imperfect, ever striving to try to get it right. So how do we go about doing this? Warning. Here comes the very nerdy, possibly boring, yet crucially important part of the sermon. A second consequent question of the Protestant Reformation was this. So how should a church, a church aching to be aligned with the purposes of heaven, how should such a church be organized? How are decisions to be made? Where does the power and the authority lie? Who has voice and vote? And crucially, how do we engage our ancient sacred texts, searching for, searching for what they may have to say to us in each unfolding new day? In other words, what sort of organizational structure has the best chance of resulting in a mission and ministry that is both in alignment with the purposes of heaven and unlikely to fall prey to corruption? Well, here is Old South Church's answer, an answer informed by the Protestant Reformation and subsequent reformations. Our leadership, by means of elected boards and committees, is intentionally as diverse as we can imagine. Each board and committee comprised of men and women, newcomers and old-timers, young and old, straight and queer, single people, couples, those with young children. We do our best to represent other diversities as well. Skin color, experience, expertise, and crucially, the majority of those who serve in leadership roles in this church are lay people, clergy in the minority, moreover clergy 
don't have a vote. We have voice, but we have no vote. Now, if you've been around for a while, this may seem to you quite unremarkable. But consider this. The vast majority of religions across the world, including the vast majority of the many expressions of Christianity, are patriarchal and hierarchical, privileging male leadership and clerical leadership. By contrast, Old South Church takes pains to make room for many voices, and this practice allows for precisely that which patriarchal and hierarchical churches are structured to avoid, change and reform. Our structure is designed to allow for adjustments even to embrace reform as new voices and new understandings transform and challenge us, lead and inspire us. By this means, Old South Church is in a near constant state of reforming, renewing, and adjusting. We hope thereby to keep some semblance of alignment with the purposes of heaven. For if we are gathering regularly to place God at the center of our lives, if we are actively practicing what it means to put our trust in God and not in earthly princes, if we are singing God's praises and learning the ways of righteousness, if we are simultaneously caring for the least and the lost, while executing justice in the here and now, then I hope it can be said of us, of Old South Church, that we are a reformed and ever-reforming church with our eyes on the prize of aligning our ministries with the purposes of heaven. But here's the kicker. If you disagree, if you feel we are out of alignment, it is your privilege and your responsibility to raise your voice, roll up your sleeves, take your part, share your heart, state your case, and be among those who pull us back into alignment. For we recognize no pope and no bishop. The work of this church, its purposes and ministries, therefore, are our collective responsibility, yours and mine and no one else's. So then, on this Reformation Day, may I ask this of you. Will you pray for your church? Will you bathe Old South Church and its leaders in prayer? Pray that despite our failings, pray that even so, by God's grace, we might be in alignment with the purposes of heaven, that we might might warm the heart of our good God. Will you do that? Amen.